This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Super J Cast. Of course, Joel is still away on holiday, living the life right now. Somewhere, probably enjoying a, uh, according to his Instagram, like a cider, or uh, he's been doing a lot of berry picking with the kids. <sighs> he's uh, he's away for a month. Well, I th- well, now it's going to be about what ten days, I think, maybe if that. So, uh, listen, the pro wrestling talk doesn't stop. That's why you're here. And uh, I think we have ourselves one of the best guests ever here on the Super J cast. Uh, I had to put out the, uh, the, the Super J cast bat signal. I don't know what that means, but I sent it out. And lo and behold, we have uh, someone who I'm thrilled to talk with because I don't think we've ever chatted before, but. Uh, you know her as a world traveler, according to her Twitter bio. Uh, you can listen to her on uh, post wrestling. She just got done doing a podcast on what Tamatanga's, uh, uh, the, the Tamatanga Island, is it? Thomas Island. Yep. Unbelievable. Busy. She's on her way to uh, Charlotte for strong, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, everyone, it's the great it, Karen Peterson. It's Peterson, right? Not Peterson, right? It is Peterson. Yay. I should have there's there's, there's not enough teas for it to be Pedersen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Listen, how are you? I'm wonderful. You know, I believe this is the first proper conversation that you and I have that has not involved Twitter. <laughs> I don't. I So you have talked to Joel. Okay. Or, because I, I am not on Twitter. Um, and I, I have no access to our Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. By choice, or was that yeah. choice made for you? I mean, uh, here's the thing. <laughs> by, by, <laughs> by choice, yes, but also strongly encouraged that, 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 I that, see. that, that I do not uh, partake in the uh, in the conversation. It is in what is the best interest for all parties involved, correct? Absolutely. Joel, Joel has this certain... Uh, thing in his brain where he's able to not only deal with uh, trolls and and nonsense, like he's able to communicate well with others, and he's kind of funny. And so, yeah, that's like you you have one hundred percent with Joel. This is the first time. So he has a Joel ne sais quoi, if you will. He that's pretty good. <laughs> you know what? He's, he's, he's gonna have, he's gonna want a t shirt of that. I'm not gonna lie. I want my cut, just so we're clear. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm, yeah, of the five dollars, sure you can have I'll, three. I'll take a quarter; it's fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think I like. <laughs> like it's weird. The, one of the weirdest things that has, has ever happened to us is um, seeing someone wear our t-shirts. Like, there's probably five people that own one, myself included. But we were uh, at uh, Madison Square Garden, and someone came up wearing our, t- and it was just like, of course, I was eight or nine beers in at this point but it's just like Like you do it's 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 a it's it's a it's a challenge it is a challenge um i've gotten much better but it's um yeah it's always been a problem are you you a drinker at all karen 
Oh, I am quite the uh, the one who partakes in the beverage oz's. Nice. I like a cocktail, like a good beer. I enjoy a nice glass of wine. I do, you know, I do tend to like lean towards the light side of not drinking heavily anymore. But I will, you know, I'll unwind if I have to. I'll let my hair down, as it were. <laughs> I like so. I've now have gotten to the point where every day I go to the same bar for lunch. One because the food is tremendous, but two, um, like I, I, I'm sadly up to like three, and I have a bar. Like I built a bar in my garage. Like my garage is a bar. It's a legitimate working bar. I could go in there, but the problem is, is it's too hot. Nobody cares about this guy. No one. <laughs> That's fine. But the thing is, is that beverage is just. I mean, it, it, there is the satisfaction of making your own beverage at home and enjoying it at home. But when somebody else makes it for you and like mm-hmm. slides it across the bar, mm-hmm. it just tastes different. It does. I agree a thousand percent. A thousand percent. There's nothing more relaxing than putting your forearms on a nice cold bar. Oh God, yeah. Right, and just, just. And going alone. I love going alone. Same. No one talk, no one talking. Just I'm gonna enjoy this beverage, maybe a couple. I'm gonna watch whatever is on I don't even care what's on TV. I'm just staring at the TV. Yeah. Uh and it's the it's one of my favorite things in the world. Speaking of favorite things in the world, again, I read off your, your Twitter bio. World traveler. What's the worst place you've ever been? Oh god. Uh the worst place I've ever been. Would be when I was a flight attendant, uh, I had just been out of training maybe a month and I was on call on New Year's Eve, like literally six weeks after I had uh, got out of graduation. Uh So New Year's Eve is one of the nights that a lot of people (coughs) are sick all of a sudden. So (laughs) I got sent to Georgetown in South America and it's very, very small, very, very uh, rustic. But the hotel that they took us at to had like razor wire, like 10 foot razor wire fences around them and a guard gate and we're like my colleagues and i we all were just brand new flight attendants we didn't know what we were doing we had never had this layover before and we asked the 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 guard at the gate we're like well you know we saw that there was a market that we passed on our way in can we go there you know, grab something to eat they're like eat at the hotel bar get drunk by the pool mm-hmm. if you leave this compound you may not come back Holy and that shit. was more that was more than enough information for all of us to just like say yes ma'am and go straight to the pool bar yeah <laughs> and we just spent the whole you know it was a long it was like a 36 hour layover so you know like a day and a half uh-huh. we just spent the whole time drinking and laying by the pool and eating and getting room service because like there's no one where we could go and I, 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 I like to explore when I travel so we, that was probably what was worse about it was one being afraid that I was going to be kidnapped right and to not being like being in a in, like a place, and I know that I can't leave. Like that, like being yeah. tr- like it felt like I was in a cage. Like I just wanted to like go see something and be like, yes, I experienced this country, and I couldn't. Oh, and where was it? Then? You said South America. What, what, uh, what country? Is it? It was Georgetown. I want to say Guyana. Oh God, my geography stinks. It's I don't on, even know. Excuse me. I'm. It's on the north coast of South America, okay. facing the Caribbean. Okay. All right. Like. Okay. All right. Yeah. My goodness. So, I, I mean, was the room nice? I mean, it was all right. <laughs> was room service all right? Or was yeah, the I mean, food good? It, it, it was, tw- God, it was 10 years ago, but, or no, more than that. It was like 12 years ago. Yeah, no. It, I remember it being like, well, it's, it is what it is. It, it tasted well enough. We got a crew discount, so can't complain too much. But yeah, that was one of the wor- first times I could ever say, like, I ordered room service at a hotel. But I was just like, um, 
Wow. <laughs> I don't order room service. I, I, I'm the kind that like I look for hotels that specifically have like a mini fridge and I'll bring all my food or I'll go to the market, local market and buy stuff. Okay. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not the room service kind of girl. I don't like people coming to my room. I like when I'm a home, like in the room, I'm a slam clicker. I slam the door. I like put the, the little latch over it and I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to hear any noise in the hallway. Yes. <laughs> I just, I just want to unwind and enjoy the, the hoteling experience. Yes. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. I don't normally do the room service, uh, but every once in a while when like, especially if you go to a place where it's late. Yeah, and and oh, you just you you're getting in under the wire with room service, right? You see, you're you're frantically looking at the menu, being like, oh, please, still, yes, <laughs> right? And I get like a Caesar salad and French fries, or yeah, something. right, ridiculousness. Um, talk to me about that flight attendant stuff. How long were you doing it? Uh. You you still doing it? You you stopped, um, right? No, I stopped. Okay, I was a flight attendant for Delta Airlines from 2011 to 2014. 14? 2015. Um, I only did it for a few years, and I wish I was still flying. Honestly, I made the stupid mistake of believing a, a guy who's saying that he wanted to settle down and start life with me, and then when I quit flying, he said, "I liked it better when you weren't around." Oh, can you God. go back to flying? And I'm like, bro, I just quit the like the year I got hired. It was harder to get hired by Delta Airlines as a flight attendant than it was to get into Harvard University. Like I had to work very hard to get into that company. Oh. I can't just go back. I'm like, I'm like, I wish you would have broke up with me before I quit my job. I would smother them with a pillow. I got to be honest with you. I was just like, <laughs> bro. Yeah. But I mean, I like my 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 job now. But unfortunately, this job has no connection to Japan. At least when I worked with Delta, I was a language qualified flight attendant, so I could work the Japan flights. Oh wow, nice! Yeah, I spent a year living in Hawaii. That was, it was nice. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my! So you've been all over. I mean, just as as a flight attendant, do you get? I mean, with your language knowledge, is it is that like just like an easy fit? Karen's going there, or do you pick, or how does that work? Uh, the way that the process used to be, I don't know, I don't think it's changed much, is that you have to bid for your schedule. So basically, everything's based on seniority. So, of course, the international trips are high time, high pay, best layovers, best hotels. So those typically go to the people who are most senior in the system. Okay. But those flights also, if it's specifically for, like, say, Japan, they have uh, allocated a certain number of flight attendants that are language qualified. So if you have the language qualification, you don't necessarily ha need to have the highest amount of seniority. So it, it, for me, it was like my very first, I was out of training four weeks and my, my first international flight was working a 747 from JFK to Narita. Wow. And working in like the first class upper deck, like, you know, how like the, the 747 sure. had that, like the little hump at the top of it. They yes. used to call it the whale. Um, but that was like part of their business elite section where they had like, it was first class. So there was like a bunch of like lay flat beds in it. And I had never worked like I hadn't done more than like hopping and skipping up and down the East Coast, like serving, you know, peanuts and pretzels. I, ne I never had to serve like a full like four course dinner mm -hmm. and work the kitchen. But luckily, like the lady I was paired with, she's like, I'll run. He's, she's like, you run the trays. I'll do all the cooking. I'm like, OK. All right. All right. But yeah, from there, there on out, it was the uh, <laughs> probably about a six months later i was like you know i had gotten used to like every month when they release a schedule I was, I was good at trading my schedules and like dropping trips on days i didn't want and picking up trips that like would either worth more time or on better days or you know trade basically you know when you could drop and add classes in college during drop and add mm -hmm. 
it's like that but like with your work schedule okay so it's like you know there's a trading board and all this other stuff but every now and then i would pick up an extra international trip just because so i could can check off places on my passport saying i've been to like xyz place right so i looked at the trip pool saw that barcelona was there and i'm like oh yes i've never been to barcelona let's do this so i put in the request and i got it immediately and i was like all right let's go and then i pulled my, my schedule the next day and realized i transposed the numbers uh -oh. i wasn't going to barcelona i was going to moscow oh in in march i have never been so cold in my entire life <laughs> wow yeah it was i mean i i mean it, it, i'm assuming winters are brutal yes it, it, was, uh, it was i'm from i live in florida so it was like anything would just go straight through all, all of my layers down to my bones and luckily the captain on that particular flight he regularly worked the moscow trip so he offered him and the first officer offered to take me around so i got to go to the you know, red square and take a picture in front of the onion oh, domes wow, and all that stuff yes and they have some of those cleanest and beautiful subways like they have like marble statues and like gold filigree everything um, but that was another trip where I was the most junior and they're like, oh, well, guess what? We pick uh, positions on this flight based on seniority. You're working the first class international kitchen. I'm like, all right, well, be prepared for everything to be very slow. Cause I've never done this before. Right. But luckily the first class cabin was half full. So the person was like, don't worry about it. We'll get it done. Just take your time. I'd rather you do things and not get burnt or hurt. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, fine. And yeah. I did it. But I, yeah, I, 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 after that, I was very, very careful. And I always like double and triple check every single trip I picked up to make sure I was actually going to the place I was supposed to be going to. Were you off like, by like one digit? I, I flip flopped a five and a zero. Are you kidding me? And so it was, supposed to be like, it was supposed to be like zero, zero, five. And I put zero, five, zero. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> I, I was wondering why that trip had gone to me so quickly. Cause nobody wanted to go to Moscow right. in the middle of March. But I guarantee you that no one listening to the show, I, I, I can't say no one, but. You could probably count them on one hand how many people have been to Moscow. Like, that had to be, I mean, at the very least, very cool, somewhat life-changing. Yeah. I mean, it was the, – the thing that made me laugh the most is that the running joke is on international flights, the pilots will inevitably, regardless of whatever city you're in, it doesn't matter if it's Japan or Asia or Europe or South America, the pilots will inevitably end up in the one British pub in <laughs> yeah. the area. All right. And sure enough, after we did all the sightseeing, we ended up in a British pub near the layover hotel. Yes, I know, I know it. I know there's there's a place in Shibuya um where we always go. And it's a British pub. Yeah. Yes. And there's one by the dub the uh, the dome too, the hub. Yeah, the hub there. Yep. And then I forget the name of the place, but it's like on the like third floor and it's right behind the Don Quixote. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it, it you know. I know exactly I, what you're talking about. We, we go there every time we can. <laughs> which, which is ridiculous because, I mean, why would we? But, yes, there is something comforting about having a, I don't know. Sometimes you just don't want to think in a foreign language, and that's yes. okay. That's why yes. I, like, I loved going to McDonald's when I was in Japan. Me too. You know what? I went once, and, I mean, it was good, but it was, you know, it was McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> um. So what came first? Was it, was it and I, again, I don't want to assume, but. It was Japanese language learning first and then the airline industry. How did that work out? Uh, actually, it was a little bit of Japanese language learning in university after watching anime from the time I was 14. Okay. When I was 14, I decided I wanted to go to Japan one day, whether it was as a university student or to work. 
uh, by the time I was in college, I took a year of Japanese language and then I wanted to go study in Rome for six weeks. So I took a year of Italian right after it. Wow. Uh, graduated, worked in a, and got a job at an office uh, at the registrar at the university I graduated from. And my professor before I graduated was like, you should really apply to this, the J Japan exchange and teaching program, the JET program. Mm -hmm. And, you know, go over to Japan for a few years and teach. And I was like, I was, you know, 21. What, the, what did I know? I didn't know my head from a hole in the wall. I was like, I want to, you know, I want to work a little bit first. I want to get some real life work experience before going over. Six months behind the desk, I was like, man, I really should have applied for the JET program. <laughs> right. So I toughed it out for a year. And then I applied for the cycle immediately after. And at my interview, I'll never forget it. They're like, well, you, you know, you've picked Tokyo and Osaka and Kyoto. And, you know, these, of course, are like the places that everybody ranks on their their preference sheets. Uh, what if you we can't place you at any of these? Would you would you turn down an assignment? And I'm like, I don't care where I go as long as I get to go. And those okay. were my famous last words, because literally two months later, I got my acceptance letter. And they're like, you are going to Tottori. And I'm like, oh, where's Tottori? So I would, like go on the Internet and look it up. And literally at the time, this was like 2003, the only thing that cropped up was like a picture of a sand dune with a camel and a specific, an apple pear that, uh, and that was it. That was all Totori was known for. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I'm going, I was, I literally got assigned to the most rural and remote prefecture that has the, the lowest population density in the entire country. But I said, I'll go anywhere. So I was like, all right, well, you know, I'll go for a year and it doesn't work out. I had the best five years of my 20s That is awesome. living amongst rice fields and fishing villages. Uh, the schools I worked at were great. I have like a close group of friends that I'm still friends with, like almost 20 years later. Like it's just that that was my second home. That is. Um, is, is that in the north? Uh, it is. If you were to look at a map, it's just west of Osaka, north of Okayama and uh, east of Hiroshima. So it's like okay. on the Sea of Japan. But uh, there's a little mountain range that divides Hiroshima and Okayama from Totori and Shimane. I know people when they travel for the first time. I mean, Tokyo is obviously, I you know, 98% of people are going to go to Tokyo first. And yeah. I love it. It's, 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 it's my favorite city in the world. But isn't there something to be said? Not even something to be said, but like, isn't it amazing? Like the, when you get outside of Tokyo, just how vast and how beautiful it is. Absolutely. One of the one of the things that most people never believe me when I say this is that when I lived over there, that's when uh, Lost in Translation came out. Mm -hmm, sure. The, and everyone was talking about, oh, this is such a great cinematic masterpiece. And I'm like, this film is garbage because all it talks about is the expat experience of living in Tokyo with like a day trip to Kyoto. It's not it's half of the things that they, like Scarlett Johansson and her you know little band of friends do. She would have been arrested or thrown out of the country or, right. you know. Going into the pachinko parlor, she would probably wouldn't have come out of that pachinko parlor, to be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really give a fair uh, representation of the foreigner living experience. Because it's it's one thing to travel to Japan and experience it as a traveler. It's a very different experience when you live there. Right. But that's, Did, what, you know, any country you live in, it, it's very different between being a tourist and being a resident. Yeah. Well, it, you know, the movie did have the Jesus and Mary chain in it. One of my favorite bands. So I just, the closing scene, just a like a little honey. partial to it then. I mean, listen, the closing scene where she, you know, they're kind of staring at each other and she, just like honey. So, um, was that a hard transition for you though? Like, 
you lived where before? Uh, I was living in Gainesville, Florida. So I was, you know, just about an hour and a half north of where I live now in Orlando. But okay. the the hard part for me was that, you know, Tokyo and Osaka and Kyoto to a lesser extent are very accessible for travelers because of the uh, accessibility based on the amount of English language there is everywhere. Mm. In Tottori, I break it down like this. I could not go to a McDonald's and order a cheeseburger with a picture menu without knowing some semblance of Japanese. Right. No so one speaking English. Yeah. And I like literally the first time I did it, I had like I didn't know at the time, but there were two students that were in line behind me and that were students at the high school I was assigned to. So okay. I, you know, would go to I went to school the next day to, you know, do the rounds of introducing myself to everyone, meeting all the the principals and the administration and all the teachers. And the students are like, we helped Karen Sensi order a cheeseburger yesterday because she couldn't do it on her own. And I'm just ah. like, I was like I'm, like, I'm like 23 and I'm just like, I can't, I'm not self-sufficient anymore. I felt like I was, I was very reliant and dependent upon everybody I, I, I worked with. Yeah. Like even yeah. going, because for me, I have a shellfish allergy, which sucks because where I was at was famous for it's uh, the matsubagani, a type of uh, winter crab. And like literally everything has seafood in it. And I'm just like, oh, this sucks. I can't eat a lot of the things that where I was living was famous for. Oh, my God. Did you, were you homesick at all? Was it was or you were just like, this is this is where I need to be. It, I wasn't homesick. Hmm. I didn't experience culture shock when I came to Japan. But when I went back home after living there for five years, it was it was a very large adjustment for me because I know yeah. I, I had learned how to drive on the other side of the road. I had a Japanese driver's license. I was, you know, used to having my voice, my speaking pace, excuse me, set to, you know, teaching non-native speakers of English. So I was always speaking at like a quarter or a third speed of what I normally speak at. So I would go home and everyone's like, are you okay? Are, 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 you, are you having a stroke? You're speaking very, very slowly. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm Trust like, me, that, that's perfect for our audience. Trust me. <laughs> we, have a, we, have, we don't have the most, uh, so, you, you know, you, you can be as slow as you need to be. But it was one of those things whenever I would go back to Japan after visiting my family, I, you know, at the time my parents were living just north of Miami. So I'd come back at like South Florida speaking speed. And everyone's like, whoa, 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 you can just slow down. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Allow me to adjust my volume and my speed setting again. Right. It It, it is amazing how, I don't want to say different, but it is even just in like if you're there for two weeks, there are things that you notice in, in whether it be subways and trains or the fact that you could eat off the, the street. There's no trash anywhere. Correct. Um, like it is... If for someone who's been there for five years, it had to be, were you disappointed? Were you just, just in, like shocked at the way that we live here in the United States again? <laughs> yeah. One of the things that got, was, I was actually frustrated about when I came back was that I was so used to the way the Japanese sort their, their, their rubbish. So mm. like, you know, in the States, basically we, you know, we sometimes separate paper and uh, bottles and plastic from uh the you know the regular trash but like in orlando it's one giant bin that you put everything in like right everything's all, all your recyclables are in one bin in japan one bin bucket right there's like <laughs> specific days for specific items and if you don't like separate those items and you can't put them out the night before you have to put them out the morning of and like tuesday is only burnable trash wednesday is only glass bottles and aerosol cans and mm. if you like like the where i live if i put the wrong thing out on the wrong day the the little like the little local 
garbage police that lived <laughs> in my apartment building would rifle through the trash and find Whoa. a piece and would find a piece of mail that had my address on it and would take out all the wrong parts and put the, the oh. garbage back in front of my front door with a note being like oh. this is not the day for this in a in a in a mean sense or of a hey you might not i'm just gonna smart sometimes you it, it depended sometimes it felt like it was like oh you know haha silly foreign girl you tried really hard but that's today's not the day right but then other days it was just like you could tell that the letters got a little more passive aggressive the longer <laughs> i lived there so i right. i couldn't afford to get it keep getting it wrong <laughs> right right Right, you don't want to leave your house, like peeking out the blinds. Like, yeah. I can't you see these people. Well, and then you know, some of us would stay like one year, others would like stay like five years. Like I stayed five years, but I had to move across the prefecture and back at one point. But like the school I worked at had a second uh, foreign teacher of English, and the first three years I was there, they kept changing every year. So they were like, one person would come in, a year was enough, and they'd go home. Another person would come in, and then like the landlady knew that I was the the senpai for those particular individuals. So if they didn't get their garbage right, I'd be the one to get the note. And I'd oh. be the one to explain to them why their garbage is wrong, but their garbage is outside my house and not theirs. All right. But it's a little sense of pride in that, though, right? You're like, well, hey, I mean, I, I prefer being Karen senpai for something other than garbage, but, you know, <laughs> it, it was what it was based on where we were living. Get it where you can. Uh, you know, um, again, I'm doing a little uh, Twitter um, a little searchy search. Stalking. Yeah, listen. Research. I got like do my it. homework. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that. Um, the news of the day. Well, not really the news. It's probably pretty old, but I do remember being woken up one morning by my lovely wife Cheryl. Uh, who? Hello, Cheryl. Yes. Um, Good she doesn't listen to this at all. No, please stop. But still, <laughs> but the still, sentiment's there. It is. It is. Um. Well, just to veer off course, she was like, "Well, i i could i could be i could be a guest on the show." I was like, "No, no, you cannot. No, you cannot." I said, "You have no idea what you're going to get into if you do that." It's a well, slippery slope, the, isn't it? Yeah, the listeners can bring it. I was like, "No, no, you, you do not." Do want not that. have the listeners bring the questions. Never, 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 right. never. Right? I was like, "You do not want to." You, you, you have you have no idea what you're getting. I was like, "No, I'm not. We're not doing that." Um. The news of Sharla and Chris Broad. My heart. My heart. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You have no idea. All right. So so, so talk to me. Uh, are, are you a fan? Of, I, of I, I am a huge fan of Chris Broad and Sharla. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, when I was living in Japan, YouTube wasn't a thing. Had the YouTuber thing been a thing when I was living over there, I'd probably still be over there. Uh I'm calling them, and I'm I'm pretty sure they probably haven't heard this one before. I'm calling them they're they're calling them Charmeleon, but with like C H R from from Chris and then Charla's like okay. name, like kind of smashing it all together. I I love like Charla had quite the journey, if I remember, because you know she was married, she was living in South with Korea. They June, got divorced. Right? Wasn't the guy's name June? No, 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 no. That's Rachel and June. That's they're they're down in Fukuoka. I love them too. All right, okay, okay. I get them confused sometimes. No, like the the they're part. They're all part of this like great Tokyo creative group that have like so many outstanding content creators. Uh, currently Hannah's another one. I also love you know Joey the Anime Man and the guys at Trash Taste. Like there's a whole bunch of them that they all work together and they all do amazing things. But yeah, no, Rachel and June, from what I can tell, they have their cats, they have their little farm, they're doing great. 
still okay. very much in love and very happily married. Good. Um, but yes, Chris, I because, you know, I had noticed that there was a significant crossover, especially when I think Chris either moved up to the Sendai area or she moved down from Morioka. And I was like, I mean, I I don't want to be the one to be like, I don't normally ship people. Like, I, I really don't like shipping people just because I'm like, you know, it makes it awkward if they have their own partners and everything else like that. Sure. But when 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 she, you know, had that video earlier this week with her, you know, juicy Q&A and like right. she brought she brought up the question and she she said that her and Chris were together. I was like, yes, <laughs> like, like, I don't even know them. And I'm just like. I just love love today. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, I know them again because my wife watches. She watches YouTube videos as if she were 13. Um, that's all she watches. Like she will. I will watch uh, some sporting event or whatever. Uh, and she will sit there with her iPad just watching videos. And she's into plants now. Uh, so she has a plants. Who, who is the other um or right, well, first let's let's stay with the, these two um what was it just the fact that he was creating content in english about japan um was it uh I don't like, re- like what was the connection i don't remember how it started i think i was i it was probably a few years back when i was you know before i was started doing all the wrestling content creating stuff and i was traveling and flying around and stuff i wanted to do more travel based I was in, you know, the nerd scenes. So I was into Star. I'm still, I'm still am, but I don't really cover it as much as I used to. I like Star Wars and theme parks, but I was like, I was looking for something to like to reconnect me with Japan. And I was looking for videos about Japan, about things in Japan I didn't know or things I wanted to go see and do. I just wanted to basically live vicariously through someone. Mm-hmm. And all of their videos came up. Chris came up. The Joey the Anime Man came up. Charla came up, and you know, currently Hannah and like all these different content creators that are like all under that Tokyo Creative umbrella. And I was like, oh, my God, these they're all living their best lives. They're living the life I always wanted to live when I was in Japan after I finished teaching. So it was one of those things where I was just I was just happy for people. And like, I love seeing them succeed. I love that they they found their passion and they, they they're they're bringing. Um, a lo- they're not just talking about their daily life abroad they're talking about the struggles of being a foreigner living in japan and you know a few years ago when there was that absolute i don't even know if it was a few years ago there was that absolutely horrible jake paul video is it jake paul mm-hmm. Logan paul one of the pauls that went to the uh suicide forest and right yeah i yeah that that whole thing leading to one of them or both of them now possibly being in wwe just doesn't sit well with me but that's neither here nor there uh, Raina Scully is another great one. She used to work for Crunch- Crunchyroll and does like a lot of anime stuff. And now she's back in Japan with her family. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those things where they started having the conversations about the foreigner living experience in Japan that a lot of people re- were refusing to have, which made the only endeared them more to me. So yeah, if I could ever interview them, they like interviewed like any of them. Chris and Charlotte would probably be at the top of the list. Wow, that's pretty cool. I mean, his studio is amazing now. Oh my! It's like, like it was like a thirty thousand dollars studio, and then there was that big earthquake. Yes, and the yeah, port like, like he put all that money into it, and then they had to like come in and clean it up and refix it. I loved the ramen bar because yes, and here in Orlando, there's a bar called Suzuru. It's like a is a Japanese style izakaya, but it has that like Showa era vibe with like the old movie and beer posters and like all like the old toys and the Godzilla stuff and everything. I was like. I want to just go walk through his studio and just like spend the day just taking pictures of everything because it's like, it's so over the top, but so amazing to look at at the same time. Yeah. And he's just a guy that 
came over, just started doing videos for his family, right? Yeah. Well, he was he was a teacher over here. Right. And then he, like, he did the video thing to like, you know, let his family know how he was doing, yada, yada, yada. And it just snowballed because people want to go to Japan, but they don't know how to go over there. They don't know, you know, about the visa process or if, you know, going over as a teacher is better or going over as a student is better or, you know, going getting married and going over as a spouse is better. So it was very interesting to see them all tell their different stories about their experiences living in Japan. I love Natsuki. Oh, Natsuki. <laughs> I love Natsuki. Um, and I think, like, two things. And again, we'll about Ryotaro. Ryotaro is the other one. Oh, yes. Yes. He is tremendous. Yes. Yes. I love well, was him. Was it Too Much Volcano? Was that the song? Too you guys Much did? Volcano. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Too Much Volcano. Yeah, I, I kid you not. To this, I believe I said it to my wife today. Too Much Volcano. Too Much yes. Volcano, man. I swear. Um, he, one, he, uh, he was doing some. Thing where he was lonely or something i don't know uh, but he wound up uh, wound up uh, putting in a duran duran song so i was very happy with that uh and he's and he's very uh, he's a big 80s fan but also they do talk wrestling so do he they? Does, yes <gasps> he does a podcast with uh some guy from radio one i want to say um and and he's a big wrestling fan Hold they on. talk, they talk every once in a while. It'll go bleeding into like wrestling and huh. like Cheryl will be like, they're talking about wrestling. They're, they're talking about guys, you know, I'm like, shit. All right, cool. Yeah. I would love, I would love to have them on. I don't oh know if gosh, it would. Oh my gosh. Could you yeah. imagine? If you manage oh. that, you need to call me. <laughs> I'll like, you up. It'll be me and you. Let's go. I will, I'll, I will fly. Uh, I will be able to answer that bat signal so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm all about it. And the other thing that he does. And like you've seen his uh, almost, I want to say documentary style, like the editing he did for for like um, Fukushima. Yes, and all oh, that one was so good. Right, like these are really legitimately great pieces. Yes, like great documentaries. Um, and he's highlighting people rebuilding and unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. And, and like his his the, the bike journey across I'm, that was a good one too. Oh yeah, with <laughs> with Connor and Joey and Garnt. Right, right. What was the guy's name? What was the what was a what they had to, they had to do a, a commercial for the 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 squeezy uh, protein stuff. Ah, oh, that okay. that was Joey the anime man. Okay, okay. He, he's a uh, half Japanese uh, Australian. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and then all right. So my last point about Japanese vloggers or, or you know, people living in Japan. Anyway, um, who was the? They, they were a couple. And they're no longer together, apparently. Um, they were both, I think they started out in Korea and then they moved to Japan. Wasn't that, that was Charla and her partner, wasn't it? No, it wasn't Charla. It was. <sighs> well, or she, and, she and her partner went to Korea and then got a divorce and came back, I think. Oh. Uh, she was, she was married at some point. I'm going to say Natalie's or name. Oh, no, I don't name? follow Natalie. I don't think. No, it wasn't Natalie. Like, I, I, like it's going to be so ridiculous. I'm going to walk out and be like, sure, what's that person there? It's going to come to you at there. like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you're like, son of a biscuit. <laughs> Texting her. Um, but they had uh, a, so the guy did a review on a toaster. A, a toaster counter. It is a $300 toaster. Um, I bought said toaster. Did <laughs> we're you? Redoing, we're redoing our kitchen, and the way he was describing, and he was showing this toaster makes a nice little crust on the outside. 
inside it's a still squishy uh, like the perfect piece of toast and, and like oh here it is cheryl just almost a herbie she texted me look at this how about that simon and martina oh the name sounds familiar simon oh they martina. split up that's a bummer yes. yeah yeah Aww, yeah and she, and she moved back. yeah she moved back to japan oh, okay yeah they they left and then and they broke up and then she went back and he yeah oh yeah, but he but Simon talked about this fucking toaster, and I'm like, again, we were, we we're redoing our entire kitchen, and he's talking about this toaster, and I'm like, all right, all right, all right. and he's showing it, and I'm like, oh my god, this is great, and he's like showing him reheating like pizza, and it looked amazing. I was like, forget oh, that man. toaster. Yeah, no, <laughs> I always said to myself, the two, the biggest regret I have is not bringing home a a. Uh, one of the Japanese toilet seats with like the built-in heating and the bidet and like the whole like I mean they're probably about two hundred to three hundred dollars but you know what next time I go I might just drop the money because you know what even though I'm in Florida sometimes in the winter there's a little bit of chill on the seat yes. in the middle of the winter yes. um and then uh, a kotatsu which is like a heated table with the blanket that you see in like all the animes in the winter time mm, yes one of the yeah. best one of the best oh, God I lived under that because the thing about Japan and especially in the winter is that it's very it's like a, a wet winter so and then they're you know the building insulation is not that great so you know you have your you have your space heater you have your heated table sometimes you're wearing like a hoodie and a hoodie on top of your hoodie <laughs> because running the the heating unit is just so expensive that it's easier just to like layer up and just like heat half your body like i remember it's like with the heated table i'd turn it off at night and the blanket would keep all the heat trapped in so i would just like I'd put my pillow on the floor and I would just sleep underneath the table because I kept my legs warm. <laughs> <laughs> what were what were worse, the winters or the summer? Oh God! Um, I went, I went one year for G one. Yeah, it oh. was the hottest I've ever you, experienced. Oh, did you go in August? Yeah, yeah. So August in Japan is like August in Florida in the middle of the summertime, where it's like a hundred percent humidity and like ninety five degrees. So it, you you just step outside and you're soaking wet. Like you feel disgusting and gross. Oh. And I don't I don't know what it what their secret is, but Japanese people don't sweat. No. They don't sweat no. and they don't stink. So it's no. like I'm like looking as if I'm like, you know, a, a less than savory individual in church sweating as if, you know, I've done all the wrongs in the world just by stepping out of my front door. <laughs> right. And my friends are just like, I just ran a five K and I feel great. And I'm like, Ugh, I, hate I couldn't so do much. anything. I couldn't do like like I would go to the shows, and then I would just be dead. Yep. Like I would just be. I couldn't. It was so uncomfortable. And like I don't like I don't like hot to begin with. Yeah. Oh. And somebody warned me. They were like, because I was trying to get somebody to go with me, and it, and he had already gone. And it was like, dude, you don't even know what the fuck you're in for. Correct. <laughs> with this heat, like it is going to be like nothing you have ever felt before. Yeah. I was like, ah, come on, summer, Philly, blah blah blah. Nope. No. It, this was you would walk out of that <laughs> hotel and it would be like a hair dryer hitting you. Yeah, no, it's like like the weather is identical to Orlando in the summertime, but in Japan they also have the concept of called cool biz, which means it has to reach a certain temperature before certain places, especially like public buildings, gymnasiums, schools, will turn on the air conditioning. Oh, so I actually collapsed mid sentence in the middle of class one day because it was so hot and humid in my classroom. We had wow. the windows open because the air conditioning wasn't it wasn't. It was like literally a degree or two just under that they couldn't turn the air conditioning on. Oh, I would have died. I really I almost died. did because I, <laughs> had I not cleared the ch the chalkboard railing and the desk, I would have been like I would have had this massive gash on my forehead after I like 
hit something on the way down. Oh my god! Like how was it? How hot was it in the room? Well, it, it, there was no breeze. Like it's like you know, if you're outside in Florida in the summertime, and there's no breeze and it's just yeah. hot and wet, and the air's not moving. It just Ugh. you just you just it's just you just can't breathe after a while because you're just sitting there just marinating. <laughs> right. If you really are, you're sitting in your own it's, sweat. You're like yeah. just like turning into a steam bun, just standing there. It's, right. it's not a good look. I, I assure you, it really is. So, how did? All this. This is this is one of the most interesting conversations I've had. I've had. It, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not lying. Thank like, you. I, like we. I've had to. Do, this is number three. Number four. I don't know. Um, I'm fascinated. All okay. right. So, how did a flight attendant who studied abroad, teaching, anime fan, get into the pro wrestling? Okay. Well, back when I was a university student, I watched the Monday Night Wars unfold in real time. Okay. So I was a WWF fan. The match that got me into WWE was the No Mercy Ladder match between Edge and Christian and the Hardys for the Terry Reynolds inv- Invitational. Okay. That, that was the match I watched and said, all right, maybe I'll give this wrestling thing a go. Um, and then that was like 1999 to the early aughts. So right up until I left for Japan, I was watching WWF. And I remember watching, you know, I bought my competition and all that, all that stuff. I remember all of it. What I kick myself about is that when I was in Japan, I saw, you know, Kensuke Sasaki and Akira Hokuto on TV and I knew they were wrestlers. And I had, you know, I would see the occasional wrestling poster when I would go to Osaka, but I was, I, I I was so self-conscious about it that I never asked anybody about it. Mm. And I kicked myself because I could have gotten in on the ground floor with, Tanahashi and Goto yeah. and Naito yeah. and like all the big names that are like some of my favorite wrestlers now I could have you know I could have spent the last 15 to 20 years of my life following their journeys but I was like I was more into watching TV dramas and watching Japanese comedy and variety TV shows back then but like wrestling was always like they didn't come ever come to Totori because Totori is so small like the the offshot I think like the last time they went to like for example New Japan went to Totori was in 2018 there was a stop for the Super Junior Tag League Oof. and I only remember that specific tour because the gym, they went to the Totori Sangyo Taikan which is right next to the apartment building I used I first lived in when I lived in Japan right next door literally I could like like if I could stand on my balcony I could throw a shoe and hit the building like, now was that your first like, show you went to no, I didn't go to I I hadn't I hadn't gone to wrestling until 2014. So I had I you know I came back in 2009. I worked for a Japanese boarding school in New York for a couple of years, and during that time I started watching you know, Monday Night Raw again because I was on call Monday night. So I would just put it on, do my laundry, check on my students, whatever. Um, when I was flying, same thing. When I was I was on call and I was at a hotel, I would put it on like as background noise. But while I was flying, I met a guy here in Orlando. And he was into wrestling. So we went to an NXT show together. Now, this NXT house show, the main event was Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville against Finn Balor in a debuting Hideo Itami. Okay. So Hideo Itami and Finn Balor won the match. And then they proceeded to go around the ring and take pictures with everyone after the match. I took one look at Kenzen. I was like, oh, my God, who is this man? <laughs> I need to know who he is. Right. And then I, I, you know, I started going to NXT regularly, but I also started learning about pro wrestling. No, because I was curious to know about like why he was such a big deal, because I didn't know who he was because I wasn't in touch with the Japan wrestling scene. Mm. So then I started, you know, 
I started watching NXT regularly and then they, you know, they brought in Shinsuke and they brought in Asuka and I never knew how to get tickets to go to full sale. So I would just, I would just watch, you know, NXT, even though it was like across town for me, uh, I'd watch it on TV, whatever. And by this point I was working at one of the local universities where I work today and they had a, uh, a retweet contest for full sale. Uh, for like win two NXT tickets for a taping. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll just I'll retweet it. Why not? All right. Well, it turned out that that was the finale of the Cruiserweight Classic. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I got to go to the Cruiserweight Classic in full sail and, you know, see Kota Ibushi for the first time and Zack sure. Sabre Jr. for the first sure. time and Mascara Dorada and all like, you know, all the guys that made up 205 Live. And I was like, oh, man, this is so good. Right. And then still didn't get into any Japanese wrestling beyond, you know, what I, whatever I saw in NXT as the, they kept bringing in people and, you know, putting the belt on Shinsuke and putting the belt on Asuka, whatever. Um, f- fast forward to 2017. Uh, that was when I was, uh, you know, WrestleMania was coming to Orlando. So I had started following British wrestling because a lot of my friends at the time were all like, you need to watch Brit Wrestling. It's really great. Yada, yada, yada. I was like, all right. So then I started watching uh, WCPW. And they had this very ambitious, like, 96-person pro wrestling World Cup on YouTube, and it was all streamed for free. Mm-hmm. So I watched the Japan bracket, and I was introduced to Kushida, who I would like to credit Kushida for, you know, Kenta started changing. Uh, Kenta and Kushida are responsible for who I am today as a content creator with, with wrestling. Okay, okay. Kenta was the one who got me interested in Japanese wrestling scene, so I started learning about Noah. I mean, Shinsuke and Asuka, of course, they're both very important as well. But it was seeing Kushida wrestle a young lion, show Tanaka, at that particular WCPW Japan bracket. I was like, I messaged a friend. I was like, who is this guy? Right. He, he, he speaks English. Like, I was like, he speaks English. He's got all these championship belts. And I, was, and I was like, I didn't know. Like, I remember like around that time, Liger was on like a, like a one NXT. And I was like, who's this guy? He has to be really important. So it was, it's like I started putting the pieces together. But after that Japan bracket... I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch New Japan. And what's the first thing I turn on after making that decision? The G1. <laughs> wow. Jumping right into the pool. Nice. I dove headlong into the deep end. And, you know, the thing about, you know, discovering about Japanese wrestling and the Japanese wrestling fans is that I felt I felt the connection to Japan that I had been missing because of my, my current day job. So I would start, you know, tweeting in Japanese. I would inter- start interacting with Japanese fans. I would meet up with people at different shows. And it kind of just snowballed into everything that goes on now with, you know, me working with Post and me working with Thomas Tonga on his podcast and, you know, you know, coming on here and talking with you for the first time after like following Super J's cast for like three years now. <laughs> That's I mean, I'm 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 like I, I'm thrilled that all that that you were able to experience all that. And like, I'm fascinated by the fact that like you dove head first, like. You are a pro wrestling fan. Like you watch everything. I I try. <laughs> right. It's very tiring. Yeah. I mean, how did you? I mean, so again, the transition from WWE F to again New Japan. Are, are you watching it on Access? Are you like you're not just dropping your your ten dollars a month? Are you like downloading torrents? Like how are you finding the content? Uh, well, the thing is, is that I watch Stardom on Delay on Stardom World. I do with coverage for post. I, you know, I get the tickets covered for the um, the live streams for that. New Japan's New Japan World. 
But, you know, when they have it on fight for whenever they do their U.S. shows, I pay out of pocket if I'm not going there in person. Right. But before, like, like you're making the transition. You see oh, I, I, I may or may not have found some some distributors of DVDs. OK, I'm, I'm familiar with that. <laughs> That's how I, I, I got my Noah fix and my love for TMDK, especially Shane Haste. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I have a very, very soft spot for Shane, especially when he fights against Kenta. Um based upon their time and that's also why I'm I'm also glad I'm finally back into watching Noah again because especially when he came back to Noah earlier this year before he got injured it was just like I finally got to you know experience more of Goshiozaki and Nakajima and Keno and all all the guys that I remember when they were in you know 2016 Noah they're very different people from back then to who they are now yeah yeah it, it, it just the last show I was at in Japan at Corkin was a Noah show, and it feels like it's a completely different promotion from that time. I've never been to a show at Korakuen Hall. Really? My first trip back to Japan was for Wrestle Kingdom in 2020, and that was my first time back to Japan in six years. Wow. And I had made plans with so many different friends to go to a lot of yeah. wrestling shows, but most of the wrestling shows weren't at Korakuen Hall. There was the dome, the two dome shows, but I went, you know, I went out to 2AW all the way out in Chiba. I went to like a basement monster show. I went to Shinkiba to watch Stardom. But like Korakuen Hall is, has eluded me. Wow. I mean, when I'm trying to think, the last time it felt like there was a million shows. Like the, all Japan and Big Japan would run the same day. Yeah. Um, I think there would be wave would be there yeah and, um, ice ribbon would be there and then then we would go out to um oh what's the barn um <laughs> it's like a fire hazard waiting to happen well that, that's uh, that's a lot of ring. places in japan honestly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it first ring first ring oh shinkeva like, yeah it, it yeah, looks yeah. Like, it looks like a, a tool shed out in the middle of in the middle <laughs> of nowhere yeah it looks like we you like we pick up lumber at home depot yes. yeah because yeah. it's literally uh, made out of like tin roofing walls. Right. It really is. Very drafty. I don't recommend sitting against the wall. That's not like with the bleachers because I was so cold. Yeah. It was it was an experience. Yeah. Um, and then uh not first ring, but that was that one. Um face. Shinzuku face. Haven't been there yet. That's on my list next time. So the first time I go to Japan, um, it was the return of FMW. And I'm like, oh my god, I gotta, I, I have to find a way to get tickets. So I bought tickets at Corkin, but I got the wrong date. I got, I think I got the next weekend, oh, no. and I didn't know it until like the last minute. So my Cheryl goes, try, try downstairs. Maybe they can. I was like, Cheryl, this is like an indie promotion of indie promotions, right? They're not even going. I'm gonna, they're gonna look at the ticket and not even know what the what this is. Yeah. Right. Go down. The guy's like. And I, I felt like I was sitting at the principal's office and, and <laughs> I sit down and he's like, okay, you know, I, I kind of explain and he understands and he's writing stuff down. He gets on the phone. He kind of gets on another call, talking to somebody, writing something, talking. Yeah. He, he's like, uh, Mr. McDonald, give this paper to, uh, I, I couldn't even tell you the name, but like they will exchange your ticket and get you in the building. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if like if I went to Boston and and this happened, they'd be like, Well, you're fucked, son. <laughs> you know? Hope you can find someone to buy your ticket so you can right. buy another one. That's yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, it's like on the fifth floor in the it's like yeah. in the middle of the red red light district, yep. right? Um yeah, unbelievable. 
Um, so I, I can't. Wow, that's I, I didn't know that you hadn't been there. Well, you got you got to check that off. That's if, my, my my goal for next time is definitely, especially because I want to see all Japan and Noah, and I know that th- that's a venue that they regularly run around that time of year. So fingers crossed. Now, so getting deep into Noah and getting deep into New Japan, have you gone back into the archives? looked around watched as much as you could i'm assuming are there people back in the day that is like oh i like that guy oh i like that guy that he's really good like is there like have you has that happened to you yet uh wh park over at post i know wh park love me some wh park he threw me a a, a link to a match between akira taoi and satoshi kojima from Mm. 2005 and he said karen are we able to wait? Are we able to swear on this? Uh, absolutely. Okay. Please. <laughs> well, I just wanted to make sure before he dropped it, he's like, this Drop is very him. much your shit. And I'm like, oh, is it? And he's like, it has Kojima in it. I'm like, oh, does it? 2005, Karen, had she watched wrestling in Japan, she would have been a massive, massive Satoshi Kojima fan. Mm. More so than I am. I'm a huge fan right now, but oh, man, Koji. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh wow. man. And my, my see, New Japan World needs to put more of the archive stuff onto the new japan world just because like for example you know i for those who don't know me i am also a very huge rapongi 3k fan and a huge fan of show and yo so i tried to go back and watch their young lion matches like you know when they debuted in the original never open weight tournament those matches aren't on new japan world mm. so i don't know where i'd have to go to find them but they're not the one place that they should be because that's part of their career so that i mean i'm hoping at some point they'll consider putting the back catalog for more of their talent onto New Japan World? It's so weird. Like, a lot of the great stuff back in the day, because I'm an old man, uh, was the TV show. You know, the... And, and, like, I find it amazing that New Japan doesn't have the rights to that. (laughs) Like, how can they... It's your product, but it's the TV network um, that that owns a lot of that. Yeah, Asahi Television owns everything. (laughs) So it's like... You know, you you get it through tape collecting and then you find it, you know, you know like put it up because that's some of the best stuff that, you know, that people just don't have any eyeballs on just because they don't have access to it. And then and that's the thing is that I feel like there are a lot of wrestlers that people are sleeping on purely because there's the lim- inter- on the international audience side of it, yes. purely because of the limited amount of information. And, you know, there are places on the internet where you can acquire such footage but it would say more to you know the fan base if those matches were added i don't know the, the how the logistics would work about adding english commentary because i know that they, they do do the occasional vintage match with english commentary but it's just yeah. like i feel like a lot of newer fans myself included are like from like 2017 on but when you have a company that's 50 years old there's so much history that's not readily available or accessible and you know we don't buy dvds like the japanese do right right and you know japanese dvds are very expensive i don't i don't have 70 dollars to drop for a dvd right <laughs> i can do a lot of damage at a walmart with 70 dollars in the dvd <laughs> bin let's be honest right. Right. <laughs> it is amazing that yeah dvds are still a thing yeah um so now we're do you watch the english feed or do you watch the japanese feeds it depends on my mood, honestly. Um, I'm a massive Kevin Kelly fan, so oh, he stinks. <laughs> <laughs> I we love Kevin. He's going to show often. I I I 
I feel like I learn not just about the match and but about calling matches by listening to him call matches. Mm. Like I feel like it's him as a commentator in my mind is one of the best, if not the best in the world. And it's a masterclass on doing all the things and working through all kinds of conditions. Cause you know, there have been times where he's had to like hold a monitor on his lap and call a show because the table's gone or, you know, he has to stand up and, you know, Lance Archer throw somebody through a table. Like it, it's just one of those things where he's a, in my mind, he's a consummate professional and I have nothing but the utmost respect for him. And I feel like I always learn something new from him every time he calls a match. Yeah. And I, I and one of the things when I always mention it to him, is like his love of sports, like you can, you can almost, you can taste feel it. it. Yeah. Like, like he, I, I, if he was not involved in pro wrestling, he would absolutely be calling baseball absolutely. or something along that with it, like a cadence. Um, He'd be a great baseball commentator. I know. I, I mean, listen, he, he loves his baseball. Loves his baseball. I appreciate he also that. He, I mean, him and I will, will, will agree to disagree on which of the New York teams is the better choice. <laughs> Just right. like he and I disagree about which Florida college football team are, is the best around Thanksgiving because he and I go to have went to rival schools. So oh. there's like. So like baseball season when the Yankees and the Mets are going and when Florida and Florida State are going, those are the two times that I, I love Kevin, but I don't like him very much. He loves his Mets. He loves well, I mean, you know, he, he loves to 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 turn the screws on Phillies fans, which as Carino is one of them. Uh so yes, he so what you said he the he the way he calls a match, yeah, you learn something every every time he calls. Yeah. Like Give me an example. Like what, like why do you like uh, him above say, I don't know. Um, pick a name. I don't know. Wrestling commentator X. Uh, like what is he giving you that you can't find somewhere else? One, like don't, I love me some more Ronaldo. I love me some more Ronaldo. Yeah. But m- sometimes when I, even when I was in NXT and I was in the room with him and I could hear him calling matches like right next to me. Um, sometimes he had too many pop culture references that some were very niche. So it was hard to follow along. Kevin explains things in my mind that if you're watching wrestling for the first time, you can understand what's going on. Yeah. He can tell you the story. He can tell you what's happening. And it's hard because there, there are like, there are a lot of commentators that they, they, they do the same thing. But they, sometimes they have so many things that they want to talk about that they, they're talking so fast that you can't keep up with what's you can't watch what you're what you're watching because you're trying to focus on what he's saying. So, you know, that you're not like it's just like Excalibur is a great example. I love Excalibur, but sometimes he has like too many things that he has to cover all in one breath. Yeah. Especially as like as Rampage is going off the air and he's like, here's a laundry list of all the things I need to talk about right now. And right. it's like, do you remember the Micro Machine Man from the yes, 80s? Yes, I sure do. Yes. I, I I always think of that because it's just so much information that I just feel like I'm just, I end up gaping at the screen just being like, wait, what? Yeah. Kevin yeah. has this natural ebb and flow where he, he knows how to time things where you can follow what's going on, but you don't miss any of the action. Yeah. And I think that's like the key point of a of someone who does play by plays. And that's why a lot, I enjoyed listening to the Japanese commentary as well. Because they have such a diverse panel, and it's always good to hear the wrestlers talk wrestling, and that's what I miss about you know 
this time of year with the COVID protocols, I miss hearing Rocky on commentary. Because mm-hmm. Rocky, you know, even though he, you know, he'd like stick it to Bushi and, you know, you know, have his little rivalry, you know, listening to Rocky talk about wrestling as a wrestler is fascinating to me. Just like yeah. hearing any of the Japanese wrestlers that they put on commentary. It doesn't matter if it's Master Watto or Tanahashi. Hearing them, hearing people talk about the craft that they 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 are honing and working on, and you know, even you know, complimenting people they're normally rivals with, it just speaks a lot to how much everyone loves the wrestling. Yeah, is that is that one of the main reasons why you gravitate more to? Like, I'm I'm assuming that you're not watching a lot of WWE now. Like- uh, no, unfortunately. Between, you know, being someone who lives here in Orlando and knowing that all the hoops they went through to become an essential company during the pandemic and then they immediately started firing people mm-hmm. where they were an essential company, but their employees were expendable. It made it hard to watch. So watching a lot of, you know, watching NXT black and gold get gutted and rebranded 2.0 was hard to watch. Everything that's going on in the recent media about, you know, NDAs and such at some point. I just, I can't with a good conscience watch it anymore. Right. And it sucks because I have friends that still work there and I want them to succeed, but I'm also just like, as long as you're getting paid and you're getting your, you and yours are being taken care of. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It is what it is. It's your life. It's not mine, but I can't watch it. I really can't. No, I agree. I'm with you a thousand percent. Do you think that the new Japan fandom and i hate saying fandom but i'm gonna say it anyway do you think the new japan fandom has something to do extra i guess with your love of this product i think every fandom has its 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 rays of sunshine and its dark corners if it were like you know it's the same thing with star wars fandom and marvel fandom you know but for me yeah the stardom the stardom talking about stardom as well the New Japan fans that I've become friends with, you know, both on both sides of the of the ocean, oceans as it were, because all the oceans in the world are connected. Um, but you know, the Japanese speaking fans, the English speaking fans, same thing with stardom and like you know, dabbling in the Noah fandom. I've been able to find a lot of great people, and I feel like finding the right people in a fandom can make you enjoy it just as much as you know, finding the wrong side of the fandom can make you be like, man, this isn't for me, right. Right. When you do you see more of the good or the bad doing what you do with post and your writing? I guess a better question would be, how do you balance the good and the bad? Um, I think a lot of the good and the bad got weeded itself out. A lot of the bad weeded itself out when Hanakamura passed and when speaking out happened two years ago. Um, Because a lot of people that I was following mutually, maybe I didn't necessarily know who they were. You know, I just followed because they followed me. Mm. Um, There were people that showed sides of their personality that I was like, this doesn't jive with me. This is not cool. I'm not okay with this. Um, And, you know, it's one of those things where it took a while for me not to feel guilty about it, but embracing the remove follower, mute and block button features. On social media has been, especially on Twitter. Twitter is probably the one that I've had to heavily curate my timeline to the point where when something happens that's big, half of the time I don't know what's going on because I've either muted the muted the hashtag, blocked the people talking about it, or whatever. So it's sometimes I have to ask someone like, "So what's going on with all this?" Because apparently it's caught fire somewhere. Um, 
But with Post, the, the community by and large is a very positive one, very supportive. Um, I did a, a episode, they have a Patreon episode uh, series called Postmarks, where they interview different members of the Post community, whether it's uh, con- the people on the content creating side or people who are, you know, prominent members of the community. And that was the first podcast I actually openly talked about my divorce in. And because, you know, that was 2004, but it, there's still like parts of that time in my life that affect me today as an individual sure so absolutely and it's not like something i want to put on like do a twitter thread about or talk like i don't feel like i have to talk about it because i feel the need to share my experience with the world right i only i only share the that part of me with parts of my community that where i feel safe and post has always been and hopefully will continue to be a place i feel safe that's important I, I mean, we try our best to be as accommodating as possible. Yeah. That being said, boy, let me, I, we've come across some real jerks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Unfortunately, I always, that's, that's anywhere you go. It doesn't, it is. it's not limited to anyone fandom. It's, yeah. yeah. It's just I, I late always, life. It's part of the human population there. There are uh, jerks wherever you go, whether we like it or not. You're telling me. So it's like, I guess, it, 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 do you purposely like we open the show with the Twitter? Like I'm not, I, I Joel, is not giving, Joel is not giving me the keys, um, which is a smart thing. Like, do you find yourself and your moods fluctuate with that? Or are you able to kind of put that in a box and go about your life? Uh, it, it, there, there are times where, you know, like my friend, Rob Schamberger, he does, he's the artist in residence at WWE. Uh, yeah. A few years ago, he had me do uh, a narration for a piece on the Kabuki Warriors about Asuka and Kairi's costuming and a print and a pa- painting he was making. And, you know, I, I did I did I wrote up the script and he's like, well, can you record it, too? I'm like, OK, sure. So I recorded it and sent him the audio thinking he was just gonna, like take a clip of it. But then he put the whole thing in his WWE video. And I was oh. like, I'm terrified. And, and he's like, well, whatever you do don't read the comments. And I'm like, are the comments bad? So of course, like my brain goes immediately to like, everybody hates me. Oh my God. Everyone's gonna think I'm gonna play moron. But it was, it was the, he's like, no, he's like from a mental health standpoint, if you're going to do large platform content creation, one, don't fuck it up. (laughs) And two, don't read the comments in the sense that if you read them, those aren't the people that mean anything to you. Right. If if those are not people you would go to advice, those are not the people that you are going to want to receive, like listen to their criticism. Just like right. duck off a water, uh, water off a duck's back, just let it roll right off. Right. Sometimes it's easier said than done, though. Of course. Because yeah. I'm a Virgo so, and I'm a perfectionist. So it's like I want everything to be perfect. And, you know, like letting go of that control, especially when it comes to, you know, either you know doing an interview where i get you know tongue tied or i can't think of the right word or can't think of the right thing to say or you know it it's it's scary and like invigorating at the same time but yeah. like for me like i hate the sound of my own voice so when i have to inevitably listen to this episode back i'm going to be like cringing the whole time being like oh, oh God. you sound great i'm oh, like yeah, I'm a- but i i've like i wanted before i became a teacher in japan i originally wanted to be a sports newscaster is that right? Yeah. So I used to be, I was originally a, a telecom journalism major, but then I got told by my peers that I should consider a different line of work because I have a face for radio. 
which shot like, you know, I was I was 20. It shattered my confidence because it, it, in Florida, all the telecom girls were like five, seven, 110 pounds soaking wet, blonde, gorgeous. And I'm just like mousy little nerd girl in the corner being like, I want to be a sportscaster. And they're like, yeah, no, you're never getting down to ESPN, let alone or local TV, let alone ESPN. I'm like, all right, fine. Well, listen, if this fat ball guy can do it, you <laughs> certainly can. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say what I do is reporting, but I mean, I'm in the locker room and I'm sticking a microphone in people's faces and, and I do ask questions. And so mostly it's hockey, but I mean, I cover every major sport in, in the city. I mean, thank God I don't have to work Phillies this week, but yeah, it's I, I, the, the person I got hired. Um, she was the first female sports broadcaster in Philadelphia. Wow. Her was, yeah. Her name was Donna McQuillan. And, um, yeah. I, I, so, I mean, it's, it's look, they, they're full of shit. They don't know what the fuck. They're talking about. <laughs> All right. Let's do some G1. Shall okay. we? Let's. You want to go backwards or you want to go forwards? Because I'm, we're only going to talk about one show, the most recent, and then we can preview a little bit okay. uh, while we're there. Um, I guess some overall thoughts. It's still early, right? It's yes. we're talking, you know, guys haven't even wrestled yet in, right. in some cases. Any surprises for you? Um, well, you know, my my man Goto doing the thing and defeating Tetsuya Naito was was like Post has a pick'ems contest, and I voted with my heart, not my head. And of course, I was like, "Nah, there's no way Goto's beating Naito." And I'm like, "Hot jokes on me. Let me get my clown nose out now." But here's the thing with him. Why, I mean, his record against Naito was is is you know before that match was not spectacular. Correct. You would expect. I mean, I think everyone is kind of leaning toward uh, uh, you know at least him in the finals. Naito. Yeah. Um, I have Naito they, winning the whole thing, and now that that's gone promptly out the window. <laughs> no, it should no put it to the front. You know, it's it's that comeback story. It's yeah. that we're gonna fall behind early, pick up some points late, and then away we go. Um, that was a good match, though, right? Yeah, oh, it was outstanding. I, I that that's the Goto I remember from the G one in Dallas. Like when he like went to he went to the LA Dojo and came back with like the Shibata abs and he's like oh, I'm LA Dojo now and we're like yes King you do the thing go with, right. go put the G make the G and G one mean Goto again sir and I think I think this might be the year that he surprises a lot of people because people have like given up on him they have and and here's the thing too consistently for the past year even you know in the, in when we were knee deep, deep in pandemic New Japan like he's those tag matches for the, the you know, never six man. Oh, and, so good. Right. So like good. he, he's a guy that I think felt, I mean, and I'm guilty of it too. Felt completely under the radar. Yeah. And was, was an like a, a cornerstone for that pandemic era, new Japan. Yes. How about, how about your, uh, how about your, uh, Tama Tama, Tama getting that win over chase. My, I, my, I'm holding out hope, and I know that this is going to send the the Jay White fans getting sharpening their knives after me. But I am hoping that Tomatonga ruins the G one, or, or should I say, the J one for Jay White, because hmm. they have that match on the last day. And I feel like, I mean, if Jay went into the G one not being champion, I could easily say that this is his year to win it. Right. But since he has the championship, I don't think I think it's with him. He's not going to drop too many losses. 
but it's going to be a crucial loss that's going to cost him everything. And after, you know, they put the never open weight on Tama only to drop it to Carl Anderson, like on the first defense, I'm hoping they have something in mind to, you know, elevate Tama again because they, they, they're starting this baby face elevation for him. And I just want them to keep continuing it. Right. I don't want him to cool off from that. Correct. Right? And I feel like, yeah, I hate to say it, but I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of that never title being dropped. Uh, I, I, you mean, I, you mean, I, you mean to Carl or yeah, yes, I yeah. agree. I agree it, completely. He didn't, he deserved more than a defense with it. Not only that, just like he, here's a guy who we're, you know, he's, he's leaving, you know, the hottest faction. Yes. In, in new Japan. And abroad, arguably one of the hottest. Right. So now we're, you know, we don't want them to cool off. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but I do like the fact that they do announce these cards in advance. So you can do a little prognostication yeah. for the final night. And be like, oh, okay, this matchup is going to mean something. This matchup is going to mean something. Absolutely. Um, have you, who surprised you in the sense of a better match or maybe a, not as great a match that you thought going in um, so far? And again, it's early. Uh, well, see, what I like about this format, and this is the f- format that N- uh, Noah used the last couple of years for their N1 Victory Tournament, which is their ba- their version of the G1, which is funny because this year they went back to a two-block version instead of a four, but I digress. Um, I think Tanahashi is doing what's best for the company moving forward now, which is starting to put over other talent, you know, because he's dropped in the, in the previous few years, G1s, he's dropped a loss to Osprey. And look at look at Osprey now. His his star's taken off. He dropped a he dropped a loss to Chase, and Chase is you know they're they're still pushing him hard in New Japan. Um, I was su- I was pleasantly surprised that he dropped the loss to Hanare, right. especially because Hanare has waited six years for his first G one. When there have been people like Shingo who have come in or Osprey who have jumped the queue as it were, and to get that berth before him. Uh, I enjoyed Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kenta purely for all the Noah throwbacks that they kept doing in the match. But what I what I realized is that, if, you know, some people are saying, like, oh, these matches are so long. The tag matches aren't so long. You know, if you don't watch it live, put it on 2.0 speed. Yes. And <laughs> yes. One, See, this is expert one, level advice, though. This one, is right. It, it make, of course, you know, it's a time saver. But Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton as little chipmunks is absolutely adorable. <laughs> Right. Especially, okay. like, what was it? Oh, who was he talking about? Oh, we was talking about Jeff Cobb. So J- Kevin Kelly was calling you know, Okada versus Cobb, and he's like, "It's unfair! It's unfair what Jeff Cobb can do." But at, listening to that at two point speed, it's like, "It's unfair! It's unfair what Kevin what, uh, what Jeff Cobb can do." And I'm like, "This is so cute!" Chipmunk Kevin Kelly. Um, but it it was one of those things where you know people are like, "Oh, well, you know, this match went ten minutes too long," and I'm like, "Put it on, put it on double speed." Yeah, I always tell people that you don't have to watch everything like it's better if you do. Yeah, because those tag matches are there to build up maybe the matches the next night. Yeah, same thing with the backstage comments. Right, right. I mean, it does add frosting to the cake, but you can burn out very easily. Yes. Right. G1 is 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 a marathon, not a sprint. Correct. For for everyone watching. See, on the East Coast, my thing is. I'll wait until it's over or I'll wake up just right in time for the, the four matches to start. 
Yeah. So I'll, I'll just wake my eyes open, boop, turn on the TV, and away we go. That's that's a pro tip right there, Tim. <laughs> yeah, my, my, um, mine's also you know waking up and watching the fun, the last match, and then going back and watching the rest of it while the oh, yes. uh, live stream's still open. <laughs> yes, I absolutely do that. <laughs> absolutely. Um. So you said your pick was Naito. Yes. Do you have a dark horse? Do you have a uh, a, a sleeper pick? I don't know. Well, Goto might be the sleeper right? pick. Um, I don't think Yoshi. It's going to be Yoshihashi's year as much as as the Yoshihashi hive wants to rise up. I'm I'm still hoping beyond hope that Sonata gets his flowers. But again, it all depends on if this is actually Naito's last G1 or not, because that's the whole. You know, he's turning forty. When he was turning forty, he wanted to retire. You know, he had his he had a drop out of the G1 last year. This could be. His, that's the conversation that keeps going on is that this could theoretically be his last G1 and Sonata's 34. So he's got time. So I like as much as I want to say Sonata's my dark horse after what they did with the U S championship early this year, where he got injured, but then they just said, Oh, we'll put the belt on Osprey. Anyway, I was like, Hmm, maybe this isn't Sonata's year, right. but I had, I had Sonata being the one to advance out of B block purely because I want, him and Okada to have that match where if he beats Okada and goes to the finals, but then it would be my other two picks were Shingo and Naito. And I don't see them doing three LIJ guys going to the final, the semifinals of the uh, G1. That would be interesting though. You know that, I mean, we missed out on Naito Shingo last year. So, I mean, if Shingo can beat, win the D block and Naito can win the C block, we'll finally get Naito versus Shingo. Yeah. I like, I like evil as, as a dark horse. Evil so, will do it, but he won't do it by himself. And I think that's the same way, like how Yujiro is going to rack up more wins than we're expecting because they've decided to give show to Yujiro for the G1. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> not fan? You're not liking that? <laughs> you, you know I want nothing but the best for show. And if this is what makes him happy, then as a diehard show fan, I will support his Joker phase and hope he comes out on the other side eventually of it. It's just one of those things where... Like when Kenta fights as a member of Bullet Club, he fights by himself. Right. Jay, for the most part, because Ghetto's finally stopped playing helicopter parent, he fights for the most part by himself. Togo and Sho, they're too involved in too much of the match. Is that disappointing for you as a, like, like if I'm going through and saying, okay, who's a fan of Sho? Number one, your face is coming up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my, my thing about show is that like, if this is what he needs to do to succeed on his own right now, then that's fine. I feel they're going to, and I hate to say this, they're probably going to keep the, the singles championship as far away from him as possible. So long as Ishimori is also in bullet club. Um, I think, I feel like with show, I'm gonna have to wait until he turns face again in a few years before they consider putting the belt on him. Because I don't think if he wins it as he is now, he's going to be satisfied with it. I mean, he gets paid either way, but it just, I don't know. i Maybe it's the teacher and me just wanting the best for him, but I just think he deserves more than being the, the goon that helps people win in the G1. Because, you know, this weekend they're sending Hiromu and Desperado over here for Charlotte. I was hoping that they were going to send more of the juniors over because, you know, but... You know, Yo has the whole G1 off and he's not, you know, he's not coming here in this weekend or either. So I don't know. 
That's a long drive for you. You're driving up to Charlotte? Yeah, because flights are absolutely terrible. And next week, my, my homestay student, she's been living with me for the last three months. She has to go back to Japan next week. Oh. So in order for us to go to like one like one big out-of-town wrestling show together, we decided to do like an American-style road trip. So we're like planning to stop along the way and grab lunch. Oh, nice. But and some friends of mine in Charlotte are going to put us up for the weekend, so we save on hotels. But yeah, I, I got new, t- I got brand new tires on my car, so I'm ready to, to drive my little roller skate up the East Coast. Love it! It's, a, it's always a great time. The, the road trip, yeah. absolutely, no doubt. I, I want her Man. to experience an American road trip before she says, "I never want to do this ever again." <laughs> right, right, yeah. After after the fourth hour, check in. She'll probably be asleep. It's fine. <laughs> right, right, okay. So uh, what do we got coming up? What do we got coming up? Let's see here. Uh, tomorrow, what, Saturday? Saturday. Well, tomorrow is not Saturday, but maybe if you're listening to this tomorrow, Saturday. Saturday, we have what? Uh, Ishii J. White. We have Okada Toriano. We have uh, Yoshihashi versus Shingo Takagi and Zack Sabre Jr. versus Hanare. He's being called based, Aaron Hanare. I what does that mean? I, you're asking the wrong person. I'm not hip with the lingo. Neither am I. If Hanari's listening, could you please tell us what it means to be based? Um, because I'm in my 40s and I'm an old lady and I don't know what that means. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Joel was like, he's, he's being called based. And I was like, I don't know what that means. See, when I hear the word based, I think of like basting a turkey. And I don't think that's like, the spelling is different. It's like B-A-S-E-D. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, Every, I'm, everybody in their 20 in the bar the are like, these old fucks. <laughs> right, right. These old fucks. Oh, Jesus. Uh, what, are, what are we looking forward to here? Uh, uh, Ishii and Jay White will be great, right? Ishii and Jay White. I mean, like every year I try to figure out who's going to be the man that makes Ishii smile. His little sneaky, sneaky smile that he got a few years ago when he was wrestling Kenny during the G1. Yep. I think this might be the match for him. But it also depends on how much Jay White fights the match by himself. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if we're gonna get big match Yoshihashi against against Shingo because for some reason whenever he fights Shingo, his other his uh his never his his never six man champion Yoshihashi comes out. I think that might be match of the night. Like that has the potential to be match of the night. If if we get big match Yoshihashi, yeah, yeah, I mean, more more so than Ishii. Like, it depends on if Jay's gonna be fighting Ishii head on or if he's gonna be running around the ring half the time. Give me some predictions. Zach over Hanare. Uh, as much or as I would it, like, uh, as much as I would like to say it's going to be Hanare, I think Zach's going to edge him out. All right, fair enough. Uh, Yoshihashi Shingo. I don't think they're going to have Shingo drop two losses in a row. Right. I so agree it's probably it's probably uh, my heart says Yoshihashi, but my brain saying is saying Shingo. Okada Toroyano. Now, see, here's the thing. Is this a KOP? Uh, can this be? <laughs> no, because Shingo's the KOPW champion. Oh, that's right. However, that's right. if we f- rewind back to summer 2020 at Summer Struggle, the first inaugural King of Pro Wrestling four-way match, it was Yanotaro who pinned Okada Kazuchika for, to win the championship. Yeah. You know, a lot of people forget that it was Okada's doing for this <laughs> King of Pro Wrestling. Yes. You know what I mean? Like he and he just turned his back on it. I like was, he has nothing to do with I it. I was calling it the Kazuchika Okada Pro Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh is Yano getting a sneaky win here? <sighs> no way, right? Well, see, Come here's on. the thing. Like, I don't know, like Okada going to the finals would or the sem- at least the semifinals is like 
I don't want to say it's a given, but it's like what everyone's expecting. But part of me just wants to see someone that's not Okada go, but it all depends on who's going to be the best. If, 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 if theoretically, if Jay's winning the B block, who's the best foil for him? It's going to be Okada. Yeah. But I would I would love to see Yano pull pull another little bit of Yano magic out, and you just ruin Okada's night because you know Okada's supposed to be going on paternity leave. He doesn't need to win the G one again. He won last year. Yeah, he's you know of of any guy that I I think of off the top of my head that that deserved that, and I put in air quotes pandemic break, even though he his title run was really underrated. Yes. It's him. Yes. Like he's a guy. I, and I always go back to that documentary of him. I don't know if you saw that. His, uh, the G1 Dallas. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And him just unable to get out of bed yeah. and unable to move. Like he's walking around like he's 70 years old. Yeah. Uh, it feels like, and I could be dead wrong, but it feels like he has found the, the miracle cure. I don't know, <laughs> but he feels, he feels, uh, fresher and a little bit more, uh, a little more pep in his step. I, I think Okada's also well. One married married life's doing him well. All right. Um, I think he's also realizing he doesn't need to go so hard to carry the company by himself. He's not the company. There's more than enough people to do all the heavy lifting alongside him, and I think that's been the hardest thing for him because. From the time he's come back, by and large, he's been a singles champion. Yeah. Like, has he ever won a tag team championship? Mm-mm, not in the company, no. So that's part of it. Like, put him put him in a tag team for a little bit. I don't know with who, because, you know, Yoshihashi and Goto are paired off. I don't think him and Ishii would make a good tag team. Come but... on, yo. What are you saying? Oh, God. <laughs> There's a boy sliding right in. Come on. Yo. <laughs> please. Right? I... Come on. I need them to figure out whatever whatever mental or physical or booking barrier is keeping Yo down because I miss as much as I love him going through his moody artistic phase right now. I do miss the 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 flash and the like the sneaky smiles and you know I want him to look like he loves wrestling again and I don't think that's not the vibe I'm getting from Yo right now. Like Really? Yeah, you're feeling that too? Because yeah. I've said that. Yep. I I I miss him like like you know it came out a little bit when he was feuding with Hiromu and when he was feuding with Despy. I feel like that light has been like ever since him and Show broke up like he hasn't figured out how to channel the energy he's had with other opponents towards the one person he should have the most chemistry with. Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, it absolutely does. And I would also go one further and say I would have preferred Yo in House of Torture, as opposed to Show. Honestly, I thought when they split up that Show was going to stay babyface and Yo was going to turn heel and join United Empire. Uh. But apparently, Yo's preference is that he wants to be a babyface. Okay, but also look like you care about your job, please. (laughs) I I, I, Uh, I, and I say that from a place of love because he he is also one of my other favorite wrestlers. But it just like. You can tell when someone's going through the motions and they have no joy in what they're doing. Mm. I feel like he doesn't have that joy anymore, and I want some, I want uh, I want him to like Mar- Marie Kondo, whatever's going on in his life, and just like find what sparks joy for him in wrestling. Do you think that's elsewhere? I think him being able to do other creative pursuits, like he's really like I think this coming weekend he's lo- he's launched his own online uh, 
shop through um, Amuse and uh, a-, a-, a Smart, a-, a Smart, where it's like usually it's like pop idols and like musicians that release like CDs and merchandise. But he's releasing like his own little zine with like photos that he's taken over the last couple of years. He's designed a coffee mug. Like he has other creative pursuits, and I think him starting to be able to. You remember when he did like the art shows a few years ago and everyone gave him part of my life, they gave him shit for it because it was all poop themed? Yes, yes, I do remember that. Yes. Yes, it was poop themed and I was It was yes. poop themed. But yeah. but that but that was another thing that he you know that was him trying to share his passion for his art with people. And for lack of a better term, a lot of the Western fans we shit on it. Well, the problem is is that he's he's put that poop art into his ring work. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, terrible. But, but, boo me, boo, boo. But <laughs> boo this man. But boo. but th- but that's the thing is that like it's right now when he's doing all the his like all white gear and everything, it's kind of more of an off white as opposed to like a pure snow white. And I feel like he, his costumes have now become his canvas. He just needs to figure out how to express what he wants to express. But mm. I know that that has, has nothing to do with the G one. That's just me trying to figure out how to how to make people care about showing you again. No, I, no yeah i mean and and it's hard because i'm sure he has 50 people in his ear now oh, you got to do this yeah oh, you gotta you know yeah i mean that's that's the life of a pro wrestler it yeah. seems like but uh ishii oh, ishii no I'm, so, I'm sorry go ahead i was gonna say but at least he has his creative things that you know like his creative pursuits in particular helped him through the time where he was like out injured so He's been able to, you know, keep doing things that he loves. So I think being able to, sh- maybe when he, the time comes for him to start sharing stuff like that from him again, because that's why he quit Twitter and like Instagram for the longest time because people just kept bombarding him with negativity. Hmm. I think we as fans need to be also a little more cognizant about the things we say and how we say them to people, because you know, with with the internet, especially when it's like just text and there's no voice and there's no like facial. Uh, responses or anything like that it's sarcasm gets lost in translation tone gets misunderstood and you know sometimes people read things negatively when they're actually supposed to be a compliment you know what i mean so it's just one of those things where it's like i want maybe just a little more kindness from the world if that's too much to ask trust me i would love it in every every fact just like you said star wars hockey what you name it yeah it's there and and i would love if pro wrestlers just like just deleted their twitter accounts (laughs) Like I would just be so happy for all for everyone involved, for everyone involved. It's 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 the blurring of the line between being in character and promoting your work. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it's some should just promote like retweet what they're what they're tagged in for like work related things and just leave it at that. Leave it that. I'm don't don't interact. For... Just yeah, it's not worth it. It's, <laughs> it's not, never worth it. It really, it really isn't. isn't. Uh, Ishii J White, how you feeling? <sighs> He's got to lose sometime, right? I could see this being one of Jay's few losses. Right. A little Ishii title defense. Correct. Because that, but I, I just don't want people to make it like make that parallel that it's him doing Kenny 2.0 with Jay. Cause I don't think that's a fair thing to say to say to Jay. Cause him and Kenny are both very different wrestlers. But when I look at the block as a whole, Ishii would be someone I could off the top, like just gun to my head, quick look at it. Ishii would be easily someone that Jay could lose to. Yeah. Especially if Ghetto gets in the way, like he does sometimes. He, yes. Your personal favorite, not who's 
that your personal favorite, Jay White, Kenny Omega. It's apples and oranges. It is. Do you like apples or do you like oranges? Uh, I'm, I lean towards Jay. Only yeah. because there were things that Kenny had said during his buildup with Tanahashi at that Wrestle Kingdom that I very much disagreed with, whether it was in character or out of character. So that as a whole, like I've met Kenny before at events. He's an absolutely lovely person, phenomenal wrestler. But at like I can't like I tried to forgive, but I can't forget that time of wrestling for me. Okay. So, but with Jay, Jay has all the tools. I just need Ghetto to stop feeling like training wheels on him all the time. Because Jay yeah. can talk for himself. He can wrestle for himself. He can cheat by himself. He doesn't need Ghetto getting involved as much as he does. I know they do it to make his opponents not look as weak when Jay beats them clean. But at the same time, it's like I can't. It's the same thing with, you know, when Giotto was a heel, Giotto would always get involved with Dick Togo. I love Evil. Evil was one of my favorite members of LIJ. But now I can't, like, watch a single match of his and not expect Dick Togo, Yujiro, and, and or show to get involved in the match. And that becomes a discredit to Evil and his ability in the long run. Now, I'm going to give you the counter argument. Okay. And, and Joel kind of smartened me to this a little bit. And maybe I wasn't looking at it the right way. Whatever. But do you find yourself actively rooting against evil, no matter who it's against? Like, just actively hoping that they beat evil. And and to me, that's New Japan doing their job. Like, of getting me to... <laughs> I'm probably evil. I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I'm a I'm a fair bit of an evil apologist. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, largely because I I you know like I said when he was in Lij he was one of my favorites. I think you know him turning heel during a time where fans couldn't you know so much as breathe, let alone like express their discomfort in him turning on Lij. I, it put him in a hard place, and I don't think that's necessarily. I know a lot of people like it, it's easier to blame the person than to blame the situation he was in, but largely the situation he was in at the time they turned him played a significant role in it. It's the same thing with, you know, show turning on yo. It was yeah. dead silent when he turned on him in Coraquin Hall. It was dead silent when he interrupted the finals of the best of the super juniors, but th- because that's the location. If, if th- one of those turns had happened here in the States, you'd, you could hear the booze from the States to Japan. Right. And I think that's part of the problem. But the other thing is, is that, you know, the Japanese fans were doing what they needed to do to have the show so we could get to watch it along with them. Because if they didn't, if they wanted to cheer, fewer people would go, meaning they couldn't afford to buy the venue. They couldn't afford to pay the wrestlers. And, you know, you know, they were keeping the fans over there were the ones that were keeping the lights on pretty much by buying the tickets for every single eight, eight in a row Colorado shows that they were doing at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like I need House of Torture to break off from Bullet Club because Bullet Club is too big. It feels very NWO to me, and I didn't like it when NWO was NWO. So I don't want there's, I don't want two of that. 
there's more people joining it now than there are leaving. Right? Correct. They, they got right. rid of two and a half because I don't count Giotto because Giotto, Giotto and Ghetto breaking up seems to be more of a like the, the overarching story about Bullet Club than actually like Jade kicking out Tomatonga at times. So, right. but like I, I keep hoping that House of Torture or Evil will turn on Jay at some point. I kept hoping that Kenta and Ishimori would join House of Torture just because they do submission moves and they would all just float off into the sunset and leave Bullet Club to figure out what they're doing. But yeah, so again. But how difficult was it for you during that time period? And and like, and we're still kind of in it. Did that impact your love of the product at all? Or do or do, or? There, there have been people that we I've talked to that that fell in love with it more just because of the the what New Japan was up against. I I think having lived over there and knowing how staunchly, uh, for the lo- most part, how people like to follow the rules over there. So if the government mandates X Y Z, people will do it. So I was more resigned to it and being like, well, this is the situation. It is what it is, and I, I know that that might be a very like offhanded or very like lackadaisical approach but it's one of those things where the alternative would have been new japan not running shows and possibly closing altogether right before their 50th anniversary because if if you know if fans wanted to cheer you know then they had their share of you know they had their share of COVID outbreaks or temp or temperature issues with fevers that was just kind of like it, and it wasn't just limited to them. You know, other companies had people that were testing positive or having fevers and, you know, shows getting canceled. For me, it was more of the, it was a global pandemic. We're still in a global pandemic. They're making the most of what they can within the situation they're given. That's why, like, I I try not to down, like, naysay the G1s and the best of the Super Juniors and basically anything that New Japan or any other wrestling company has done in the last two years because, they're doing what everything they can to bring wrestling to us. They don't have to, but it it's, it's just because they're just trying to keep the lights on and keep all these people employed. That's one, the one thing I think people forget is it, 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 there's more than just the performers in the ring. Yeah. There's the people you know, in the office, the people who yes. set up the ring, the people that sell the tickets, the people that tear Merch. the tickets, right. Merch. It's it 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 was a scare. Like when you look back on that, and it, and it feels like the light is at the end of the tunnel now, and it feels like you know the clouds are starting to part. When you look back on that time, do you just shake your head and be like, "What? What did I live through?" <laughs> right? I, I, I think we all, if we all yeah. look back at like what the last two years for everyone has been, you know, between. See, for me, having lived in Japan, I was already used to wearing a mask because I had really bad hay fever and I didn't like having my nose run while I was like teaching class or walking around like sweating. Like anyway, so for me, like wearing a mask and I still mask up not all the time because I am you know vaccinated and boosted and all that good stuff. But like for me, it's like I don't I never looked at it as a negative. I looked at it as. I need to think that this situation doesn't only directly affect me. It affects every single person in my life. It affects every person that I don't know and the people in their life. So with as many people that have passed in the last few years because of it, my my approach is basically this. I don't want to be responsible for someone dying. Right. 
if if, if covering my face and being having a little bit of discomfort is what needs to be done to save lives, then fine. Because this is bigger how, than me. How much of your time in Japan and that the the attitude that everyone should have, mm. like how much do you think your time in Japan influenced your train of thought? Oh, there? it absolutely did. Yeah. It, it, it could, because for me, it was it just made sense to me. When even when they they were starting announcing that you know people need to wear masks, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And people were like, well, aren't you aren't you upset about it? I'm like, no, why? I'm like, if like I don't like you know when you know we're out in public, if somebody sneezes and they don't cover their mouth, it's the same thing. Mm. Or you know, I had to actually boil it down for someone who was just very like dude broy about. It. I was like, I don't understand. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't like. Let me break it down to you as if you were a college student. I don't know who you slept with. I don't know where you've been. I'm going to do everything I can to protect me because you're obviously don't care enough to protect yourself, let alone anybody else in your life. And I feel like that's the approach we need to like approach it as is that not like you, everybody has cooties, but yeah, everybody has cooties because you, you, you don't know, <laughs> you don't know who's asymptomatic, who's you know, purely has it on their person and is just carrying it along. So it's just one of those things where it's just like, just think of like, it's this whole thing is bigger than all of us. No one person is bigger than this situation. Not a single yeah. one. Well, look, it's uh, from a pro wrestling perspective. Yes. We, we have a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. And, and if everything, fingers crossed, toes crossed, all of that, September is when we're targeting fans cheering, Correct. whether they're in sections. Do you think, and I've been asked this, and I'm going to ask you this. Do you think you'll get emotional when you when you hear a crowd for the first time in years? So I watched Tokyo Joshi Pro's Summer Sun Princess on the 9th, same day as Stardom. Watched both shows on the same day. DDT that weekend, they had, ran three shows. A DDT show, a Gambari Pro show, and Summer Sun Princess. And all three allowed vocal cheering. Mm. and streamers really and let me tell you when every single time one of the girls came out to their theme and the ring announcer said their name and you heard the fans just call their names and like every single person every single talent that was in that ring was on the verge of tears wow i was like because i, I always think back to how you know when the you know, kevin and chris i talked about on commentary where tanahashi reached out to that little girl that was like calling out to him and calling and like reaching her hand out, and he he couldn't express to her right. that he can't touch her because of the pandemic. I always think about that moment, and I think you know everyone like, jokes around, oh Tanahashi's a big crier, but but that's the thing is that they've there's this concept of gamang in Japanese, which is like self control and like keeping it like bottling everything up inside and keeping it all like contained, and that's what everybody that has gone over there has done. They've not just the wrestlers or the people working there, but every single fan that has bought a ticket, every single person that's gone to a show or helped the show happen, all they've done is hold back and hold back and hold back. That it's like that weekend for New Japan is going to be exceptionally, exceptionally emotional for everybody. Yeah, some of the guys came over here and wrestled in you know, in front of a U.S. crowd, but what? Where have they wrestled the bulk of their work for the last two and a half years? Not here. Yeah. It's going to be a great day. 
Yes. Karen, I am thrilled. New Japan thought about my birthday specifically. <laughs> Is that right? Is it like, okay. Birthday's on the 7th. So it's like immediately after the, the, those Labor Day weekend shows. Perfect. Perfect. That's a, that's a, that's a birthday present yes. right there. Karen, this has been awesome. I really <laughs> appreciate you taking time out of, of your schedule. You're, you're traveling. You've got other podcasts. Uh, and you took the time to, uh, sit and talk with me and have our listeners get a little, get a little bit, uh, a piece of uh, what makes you tick. And it was super interesting and super fun. Thank and you. I would love to have you back on again. Anytime. I will make time for the Super J cast. And I promise that I won't like Shanghai it like I do over at Grapple. Cause apparently at Grapple, it's the Karen Peterson show when I'm over there. <laughs> I will not turn this into the Super K cast. I assure you, uh, we will listen. talk about wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit if maybe, i'm there probably maybe won't. just a little bit it's fine <laughs> awesome uh anything you want to plug anything uh, you got going on in your life that uh people should know about uh well if you do follow me you're welcome to come along on my joshi wrestling journey every saturday i have a column at post called dream slam weekly where i recap all the scores and what's hot and going on in the japanese wrestling scene for the women uh, of course, at the end of the month, I'll be doing coverage at at post with the five star Grand Prix opening weekend. Both days, Kyrie is returning to cause more trouble, and I will also be helping man the G one coverage desk for post that weekend on the thirty first and on the last weekend right before the finals of the G one on the fourteenth. And if you happen to have any interest in Pro Wrestling Illustrated, I have. The issue that's coming out right now that has Thunder Rosa on the cover with Jade Cargill, my interview with Hiroshi Tanahashi, my debut interview is there, and then my next interview will be out in August. Wow. Uh, listen, I'm a big pro wrestling illustrated guy. Uh, Send me I'll, a picture if you find it. I don't care who you are. Just, if you find it in the wild, take a picture with it and tag me on it. I will. All right. I like that. Love it. Hey, again, awesome job by you. I really appreciate you hopping on. Uh Listen, if you like what you heard, uh, redcircle.com, right? Uh, throw us a couple bucks. Why don't you uh, buy a t-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com slash superjcast. Uh, editor Dan, who does a great job. His face is recovered. He, I don't know if you heard. He was no, a, what he, happened? He, you know, he was in a fucked up accident. Like he fell off his bike and he and he got knocked out. Oh and my gosh. Had, yeah, I mean, oh. broke bones in his face. <laughs> Glad he's on the mend. Jeez. Yeah, but the same day, he's like, no, wor no worry, mate. I'll, I'll get this thing fucking edited. I was like, what are you, what are you insane? yourself first, bro. Right. right. He's in the hospital tweeting or uh, texting. Oh, so no. I was like, we'll be fine. We'll figure it out. Nonetheless, so it's fine. It'll be there when you get back. Right, right. Uh, Escape the Box is uh, where you want to go. Spotify and uh, Apple and all where you get your music because they're doing great things. Every day, it seems like he comes out with a new song and the band sounds great. Uh, so follow him, Lousy Hero 219. Uh, we did the T-shirts. We did the Five Snake review thing on uh, iTunes. Go ahead. Go, go, go. I don't give a fuck what you do. Uh, thank you again. Uh, it's been my pleasure. And we will see you next time. And hopefully, Joel will be back soon. Who knows? He's probably going to stay in the UK and join a punk band. Who knows? <laughs> All right. For me, Damon, and Karen, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll see you. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. 
We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.